right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Epic Failing. And today I have with us an epic DJ. Yeah, she's from Edmonton, but she is my cousin. DJ Foreplay or Katie McKinnon. Hello, Katie, and welcome to the Epic Failing Podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. How are things going? So you're a DJ at like a popular bar nightclub. Yeah. So you haven't been able to do that for like a year. True. Yes. The last time I actually DJed live was back in August. And it was super brief because when restrictions first eased, we did sort of that brief playoff run, if you recall, like for NHL. And so the club I was at was like, hey, let's have DJs just, you know, we'll like throw you on before the game, maybe between periods after the game. But, you know, only for half an hour after the game, we can't have you creating a party because we can't have a dance floor and that kind of thing. So did that very briefly. And then all the bars got shut down again. So, yes, it has been since August. And so many of my friends went online. They were starting to realized that it was going to be quite some time before we saw the live scene again. So they started going online. And to be truthful, I was way in over my head. I didn't know anything about the online scene. So it has been a learning curve. But now I DJ online two to three times a week. Whoa, that's wild. Coming from the DJ scene myself before I got into the real estate game. Where where are you DJing live now? I am actually utilizing the platform Twitch, which was originally for gaming. Most folks that are online on Twitch, they stream their game, whatever game they play, and their followers can watch them play that game and support them in various ways. And so DJs and musicians actually started jumping on Twitch and streaming their live shows. And so they are taking up a lot of space on that platform now. No, that's awesome. What's all involved in, in, in DJing off Switch? I mean, I can imagine I've done some video like Facebook Live and, and all that kind of thing. Is it similar to that? or? You know what? It really is. Twitch is more interactive. So the problem with streaming to Facebook, Instagram is that when you are live, there is heavy copyright involved. So most DJs, some do produce their own music, but most don't. So you are playing other people's music and Facebook and Instagram will pretty much instantly mute you because you are playing copywritten material. Twitch does not do that when you are live. So DJs can go and stream, play whatever they want. They're not beholden to any copyright at the time. And so once you stream, some people will save that and can view it later. They may go through and edit that, but while you are live, you're free. So there's certain things you can do within your channel that allow the people watching to interact with you. So they have the system called channel points. People get points by watching your channel, commenting in your chat, just being there. And then they can redeem these points and participate in your channel in different ways, whether it be like one of the famous one is the hydrate. They redeem channel points and then it says like, here's your hydration. And then a little message pops up and people will have a drink of whatever they're drinking or, and you can program different things in from song requests to jumping jacks to it's hilarious. Nice. Okay. So how 
rewind here if we're going to bring it all back. What got you into DJing? Oh, gosh. <laughs> going to reveal probably some of my age with this, but as you know, well, I have an older sister, for those who don't know, <laughs> and she started clubbing long before I did. And when she did, she came home and she'd tell me all about it and something, something, oh, this DJ. And I was like, a DJ? Jeez, like how how does one become a DJ? And she's like, I don't know, I can ask for you. And so she brought home a business card from this dude. I sent him an email and he said, yeah, like I'll train you. So I was just finishing up high school at the time. And after school, I would go and meet with this DJ, paid him to train me for a couple hours a week. And the hilarious thing was that because he didn't want to set up gear every week, like a mobile rig, he was like, well, just pop by the nightclub that I work at. But it's fine because it's during the day. Like, you know, you're underage. You know, the manager said it was fine because they weren't open to the public, obviously. So that was Ezzy's. That was the famous Esmeraldas in Edmonton. <laughs> Esmeraldas. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always loved music. And I just, I thought like, I was like, DJing is badass and I don't know how to get into it. And that's how I stumbled across it. So, so did you have... I know the answer to all these questions, <laughs> but did you have like a pretty eclectic scope of like musical knowledge prior to getting into the DJ world? Decent. Yeah, decently. I think that my musical tastes were a little bit more one way. Like I was always sort of like a rock punk metal girl and I had always secretly enjoyed like top 40 dance music, but I was like, Oh, if I reveal this, like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not you know? so hardcore. Yeah. yeah, right. Like I'll be a big sellout or something, but I really did enjoy it. And it just so happened when I got involved with the nightclub and training to DJ that this particular club had been a country top 40 split. So I knew nothing about country and I did just a big deep dive into it. And I learned more when I started DJing because music research is like a part of your homework. And I learned very quickly that there's no genre that I dislike. So I would just go in on anything I could find. There's no music that you really dislike. Like once you started DJing, I, I found this too when I was DJing that different genres, I was very much a metalhead too. And yeah, would never admit to like anything top 40. There's a couple of artists that kind of would squeak by for some reason. I don't know why Madonna squeaked by with like mm -hmm. the heavy men, the metalheads and whatnot but there's a few <laughs> a few different ones that did but yeah looking back at it now once I started DJing there were songs that I would grow to love because I knew that they would pack the dance floor right I would never rock out in my car to <laughs> one of these songs right it's like especially if I was to go and like do a wedding or like DJ a wedding I'd tell people like listen I know you don't want you're telling me you don't want the cheesy songs like Money, money, or anything, and, and trust me, I have I have never played money, money in the car. I think it would be actually hilarious now if you rolled up <laughs> to some, you know, when things open up and people are standing around outside buildings, and you roll up and just money, money is just you're just <laughs> rocking it out. <laughs> but yeah, you never listen to that on your own. It's always like in a party kind of setting. Agreed. Same with uh, Backstreet Boys or you know anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you learn to appreciate the power, the power that a certain song has and what it can do for you as a DJ. 
Yes. What songs do you find? Um, <laughs> are you like, you're almost like guilty pleasures or you're like, you're about to mix it in. You're like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> oh man. There's a few. That's a tough one. I have a significant guilty pleasure in Britney Spears. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why or how that started, but yeah, if someone comes up to me and they're like, do you have any Britney Spears? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And inside I'm like, yes, let's do it. You know, And but party songs, there's just there's so many, you know, the ones that'll work, you know, like the old school Bon Jovi or like stuff like living on a prayer or journey, like honest to goodness, if I hear don't stop believing one more time, I can't even handle it. But if I'm DJing, I am a huge fan of don't stop believing because of what it can do for me. It will always work. Yeah. Yeah. Bad Billie Jean is another one, but there's a few that are out there. <laughs> requests what are what are some of your <laughs> what are some of your wildest requests that, that you get that you're like either you know it could be anything you, you could be like oh like fuck no i am not playing this or oh yeah i'm super super jazzy said this and i haven't heard it for a while there's a lot of djs out there that actually don't take requests because they feel that it'll fuck with their vibe or whatever and i think that that's false because, well, for me personally, I never have a night planned out ever. I don't believe you should if you're spinning live because you never know what you're going to get, especially if you're, I'm what you call like an open format DJ. So I go to a club and they play everything. It's like, I need to see what the room is. I need to feel the room. Maybe it's a little bit older tonight, maybe a little bit younger my brain can only hold the memory of so many songs and I forget all the time about certain jams and someone will come up and suggest something and you're like, yes, that is fire. Let's do it. Geez, right now, a lot of the stuff, well, before the shutdown that used to hit was so much early 2000s stuff. Like R&B hip hop from the early 2000s is wildly popular again. And you know, someone came up and asked me for um, stuff like Work It by Missy Elliott. And I'm like, ah, yes, so good. But then I do get the weird shit that really boggles my mind. Like, it's like parents are out to play tonight because someone asked me if I could play something from the Frozen soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) We were like balls deep into a heavy dance set. And this dude came up and was like, do you have let it go? I'm like, you cannot be serious. And he just said like he was drunk and clearly all they do at home is play frozen on repeat for the kids. And I was looking through my hard drive. Sure as shit. Some DJ, I got to look it up because I actually don't remember, but they had made like an EDM remix of let it go. And I did it and it was funny, but Sometimes it works out. I get hit with weird stuff, but my least favorite request is something that's just way too left field from what you're doing. If you're in a top 40 bar and you come up and ask me for some cannibal corpse, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. Like, that's just. I had that once. I was DJing for. It was a guy that was one of Brian Adams' writers. And this kid, it was the only kid there that had like long, long ass hair. And. And, and I kind of pegged him for being like a little religious. This kid comes up and he's like, yeah, you know, do you have, uh, I don't even think he said Campbell Crush. I think it was like a Cradle of Filth. 
all right? You know, some like kind of satanic metal songs, right? Some black metal songs. I'm like, like yeah, but not playing it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so bride and groom leave. And the groom says to me, he's like, listen, man, he's like, whatever this guy wants. I know he wants to listen to some pretty crazy metal stuff. Totally, it's okay to play it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we let that one slip. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> that one go. I'm like, no one's going to be able to do anything with this. But I mean, but the kid was happy and that was good. Mm-hmm. That's the tough part is, you know, you know darn well you're going to make that one person happy, but collectively, are you going to shock the rest of the room? And it's a tough balance. That's, but that's where a savior song comes in, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you play something epic right after that you know will work and you can usually save your bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, <laughs> wait, and wait until you have your, your dance floor that's been like packed forever and, and they're just going to get tired anyway. They, they got to grab a drink. They got to go to the washroom. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, okay, we're going to have a couple song reset here, you know, and, and then you can play your the ones going to pack the floor. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's huge. I think a lot of young DJs don't get that now is that. Yeah. You can't go hit, 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 hit. Yes. You're going to, you know, you'll burn out, right? Like you'll, you'll burn out the crowd. The crowd will be like, eh, you got to give them something. They're like excited to hear that song. Excited to hear that gem. That's right. Rather right. Than just like expecting to hear it next. Right. Yes. When you cycle your dance floor, it's best for everybody because then your bartenders can make money. You can, yeah, give them a break. So you don't want people partying hard for the first two hours and then going home, right? So, yeah, I agree. Speaking of that, we were talking about, like, you know, some of the different techniques of, like, cycling, like, a dance floor and whatnot. The other thing I wanted to ask you was, what about being, like, you know, interactive with the crowd? Like, I mean, I've seen some DJs where they get in, they sit down in their chair and they're, like, make a set list almost there like you know and and just may as well just leave it on play (laughs) (laughs) right rather than Mm -hmm. rather than doing any mixing at all or you know yeah no it you know what it comes and goes in trends and it really depends on what you are doing venue wise when i first started at the bar an interactive dj was highly sought after you had to do a lot of talking. We used to run games all the time for prizes, free drinks, whatever. And it was important. We used to have no shit. There was like tricycle races on the dance floor. Like it was wild. And then as time went on, I'd say probably about that 2009, 2010 mark, it became less and less popular. They wanted DJs more to just shut up and play the music. The crowd didn't want to hear you as much. And so we did, we went into that phase of this, the silent DJ and anybody could do it. You just go in, you play the music and weddings. I felt you could still be creative and it really helped make the party when you could do things with the guests. And that is something that has filtered into the online game. If you are standing there and doing nothing but playing music and you are not interacting with your followers, you will ultimately fail. It is coming back to that. So if you are a DJ who spent the last 10 years saying nothing, now you're out of your comfort zone. You're online, you're being forced to interact with people and it's very unnatural for some. So I feel that read the room, but interactive is always better. How do you read the room with Twitch? It is very, very hard. You have a chat. So you can't see your followers like visually, 
but just textually, you know, they make comments and stuff and they can send little emojis and emotes. And so you do get feedback, but it's not the same as, you know, when you drop a sour song on a dance floor, you see the faces. (laughs) 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 There's nothing worse. There is nothing worse than that. or, or having just a bad crowd, they're just like a non-dancing crowd or non-interactive crowd. And, and they could be like loving it. And I've, I've been at weddings and events like where that's the kind of crowd it has been. And I almost tune the DJ out. But then thinking about it after, I mean, that DJ is probably like losing their mind because they're like, nobody's engaging. I have no idea. They're probably doing the, um, they're like adding up the time. They're like, okay, every song is about two and a half minutes. I have another hour and a half. I need eight, 25 mm. songs. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. well, it's so super crazy. So I know what, I know what that's like when you're, when you're, <laughs> when you're bombing, I guess. Oh, well, it feels like you are. And that's the thing. Feedback is so important because you know, you may have a night like that. And at the end, everyone comes up and they're like, oh, fantastic music. Thank you so much. And you're like, well, could have fucking fooled me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, did you want to maybe say something? Like, yeah, exactly. Like halfway through would be nice. You know, over the years, I have seen a very significant change in crowds. And I have a couple conspiracy theories related to that. Oh, sure. Yeah, I really believe that people used to be a lot more they used to just participate a lot more. They'd get on the dance floor, they'd act a fool in the best possible way. And then camera phones came out. Oh, yeah. And I believe deep down in my soul that, you know, people would be a lot more open and would have a lot more fun like they used to if they didn't have the fear that everything they did would end up on social media the next day. That's the truth. I never thought of that. I mean, when you when you were mentioning games and whatnot, me and a buddy used to run and name that tune out in Chestermere. Okay, that was wild. Like we had people doing like body shots on the dance floor. Yeah. We had like couples come up and we said, okay, the quickest that could change all your clothes, right? Like you guy, you're, like whoever could do that. And some people would run to the bathroom, other people would just do it there on the dance floor, right? We could not like get away with that now like there was no like not a chance but but, yeah I think I think you're right I think that that could be a thing it's like big brothers watching that's true you know people used to come to the bar and they would have so much fun and whatever they did it stayed there and you know that makes me laugh that was a really good memory we did the clothing swap too but we actually had giant bags that we could enclose over two humans <laughs> and they would have to change in the bag right on the dance floor. And they were always into it and it was hilarious. And I think a part of me misses that shit. Kids these days. It's almost <laughs> like the new generation, they're a little more reserved. Yeah, I think so. You know, it is, it is really fascinating because they share so much of their lives online but yet they are, I mean, not to blanket statement, but I do find a lot of the young kids to be a little bit more conservative in the bars. So, I mean, I don't know what it was like to grow up with a camera everywhere, right? I imagine I would be slightly more mindful, <laughs> you know, and I think it's the same in DJ land. Like we see a lot of expression and, but I do feel that people may potentially be limited by the power of social media, you know, it's helpful and hurtful at the same time. Maybe it's because I didn't grow up with it, 
but there's still times when the wheels come off with Ryan and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Bring your <Yeah>. phone out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, that's the next day. I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> what is your realtor doing when you're not around? <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh gosh. That's pretty crazy. So again, with, with Twitch, keeping it interactive and yeah, reading the crowd, that's, that's, that's something like, what, what do you find that people are people like requesting things? How do you get, okay. How do you, how do you get this one? Because I know you put, you probably had it as a club DJ, but you know, that song that everybody requests where they come up and they're like, you know, I want, I want to hear that song, you know, it goes and you're like, don't and they're like oh wait my friend does it better and they come back with their friend their friend's like yeah you know goes na, 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 na. it's like I have, I have no clue what you're talking about oh totally i think that's one thing that you do miss is sort of the creative aspect of requests they sure knew how to ask in a lot of different ways and i think the difference being online is that they uh, they kind of treat your Twitch channel almost like a TV channel. So it is advantageous to stick with something for wh whatever you're streaming that day. So for example, you should kind of pre-plan and have a bit of a brand for that day. So if I'm going to go online, I'll put in sort of, you have like a title and it would say, okay, if you're going to click on my channel, it will describe what's going on before you get there. So as you're scrolling through and then you have keywords, they can also filter. So if I say, you know, okay, it's Saturday night and you're going to hear rock with me, or you're going to hear hip hop, or you're going to hear, and then it sort of attracts that particular listener. You can do an open format, but you're a little more successful if you specialize so that's sort of the difference to me. And you can take requests in your chat, but you're more likely to just attract the people that are looking for that kind of music that day. That makes sense. When you're interacting with them and then they're interacting with you, like what's, what are, what are some things that you do in that sense to, to differ a little bit from just being like, oh, here's a radio station, for example. One thing that I found is successful in my channel is trivia. Oh, yeah. People love trivia and I'll target it towards the theme of the day. So I'll have like a decade night. I'll be like, hey, you know what? It's Saturday night. We're going to do all 80s music and then we're going to have 80s trivia. And it'll just be random information from the 80s. And, you know, I'll throw out a question and then the people listening can comment in the chat what they think the answer is and stuff like that. Oh, Joe, I played. Okay. So. <laughs> this is gonna be old man Ryan talking. So played this game a while ago, uh, Quiplash, right? And it's, it's sort of like it's sort of like online versus like, but everybody has their phone too. So almost what you could do is if if you're jamming out, you could like cast to like a television or whatnot, so everybody's enjoying the music and and you doing your thing. And if you had like trivia, you could have everybody being like everybody in the room almost just watching you kind of do like a little trivia game where they could be like, oh, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kicking your ass or whatever, right? Do you find you get like group watches or do you get like more like individuals? I find that especially right now, it's more individuals, people who are in certain cohort groups. I have heard like, yeah, we're going to chill at home, have our friends over this Friday and watch you or whatever. And I was like, cool, that's great. And so 
maybe as things like restrictions ease up a little bit, we might have more kind of watch parties. And I don't know, I think it'll be interesting to see moving forward as things open up, if people will still come online to see their DJs or will we go back live? Who knows? Now, here's the thing. Do you think there might be even a hybrid where it's like, I used to come out to watch you DJ, but you know what? I, I'm having a few people in tonight. We're going to listen to some music. We're going to do this, but we're going to have uh, DJ four place spinning the tunes while we do this. You know what? I hope so because I've actually really enjoyed the live streaming from home. It's initially was super weird. And you know, you're in like a room by yourself <laughs> with a camera on you talking to people. And it was very strange. And now I'm, actually thoroughly enjoying it and i don't know i'm i'm hoping it continues you could always say like if i go back djing live you could do both simultaneously you could be at the bar and streaming to people at home so that is definitely an option in the future great advertisement for the club right it would be you know for people even out of town like oh okay so we're gonna be in edmonton this week we gotta like okay we gotta go check out dj floor play for sure because we watch her you know every you know, Thursday night or every Saturday night, whatever it may be, could be a really cool kind of crossover thing that some of these places could do. Very true. It does make you a lot more accessible to people because let's face it, people have lives. If I'm DJing at the club and I'm like, hey, please come down and visit me. And they're like, uh, I just, I've got kids or I've got work tomorrow or I'm out of town. Now, if you're working out of town, you're in a hotel room somewhere, you can watch. Your kid just went to bed, you're at home, you can't go out, you can watch. It's just a lot easier for people to participate without having to worry about leaving the comfort of their own home. Absolutely. So you mentioned being on camera. When I talk to like real estate agents that I know that are trying to up their game and they go, oh, I got to start doing video. I know video is a thing. And I'm like, yeah, you do. But the, the big trepidation that people have is like, I don't like the way I look or, you know, I'm, I'm self-conscious or I don't want to say something stupid, which I mean, hey, I got over that a long time ago because I'm always saying something, something stupid. But how did you combat that? Like, especially coming from basically not doing any of that before from what I know and just all of a sudden, boom, I'm on Twitch. You know, how do you get rid of that anxiety, I guess? I have a few close friends that tune in and they say like, the more you do this, I can see that you are actually getting more comfortable because there's so many things that you don't think about. Like, Oh, are you going to scratch your ass on the camera? Like in front of somebody, like all of these things. Cause you feel like you're alone and you're really not. There are eyes on you potentially from all over the place. And so it's just being mindful of your actions, but at the same time, being yourself, being as natural as you can be, and just envisioning that you're talking to those people watching. And DJing on Twitch is a lot different because when you're live, it is so loud. And when you talk, you are gonna blurt out a quick little something like, hey everybody, there's a drink special going on, blah, 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 that's it, move on. Whereas on Twitch, DJs are a little more conversational. You are talking with the people that are commenting in your chat. So you are talking a little bit more, 
But instead of throwing on that DJ voice and being like, okay, everybody, like, <laughs> okay, that's, that's what I was going to Okay, I want your best DJ voice. Um. Oh, man. <laughs> My best DJ voice. Oh, gosh. Okay, and we got to get something to say. We got to, you got to say, like, you are listening to DJ Foreplay on the Epic Phelan podcast. <laughs> well, the thing I always find interesting is when I'm DJing live, I actually pitch my microphone down a little bit like I throw the bass up so that my, my voice buddy, my buddy did that all the time <laughs> because it cuts through better so like traditionally a female voice and you know not to stereotype but they're often not as strong to cut through the same way so you're going to drop your volume a little bit and you're going to beef up that voice and you're going to be like Hey everybody, this is DJ Foreplay and you are listening to the Epic Phelan Podcast. <laughs> that was perfect, DJ Foreplay. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much for coming on out and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy. It is, it's, it's bizarre. I, I've never been a fan of my own voice. It's hard for me to hear it back and it was something I just had to get over. And that's the thing, it's like DJing really kind of brought me out of my shell too because... I was super nervous the first time I was, I started doing the name that tune with my buddy and my buddy was huge. I'm a people person, but he's like, he's like way over the top. It's like Sean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so he's like, but he's like, uh, he was like so crazy. I always like admired him for that. And I was like, he's like, right on dude. Like you are, you are on fire and you don't care. You, know, you can screw up on the microphone. And I kind of, I really liked that about him. And then there was one day where he was like, so yeah, I can't make it, you know, if you can find somebody to spin the tunes for you and you do the microphone work, I'm like, uh, and, and you very quickly learn. And one of the things I tell people is like, no one's going to remember if you, you might mess up on a word, or you might quickly stumble on something, but power through it. Because if you react to your mistake, it's not the mistake itself, it's how you react. So if you, you know, say, uh, you know, this is Ryan and I'm at, and you say the wrong bar name and then you like, oh, I mean this, oh, I mean this, uh, 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 and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it's just the whole world, your whole world's crumbling around you, but just like power through it. It's true. And you know what, if I had any advice for people that are trying to get comfortable online on Twitch, whether you're gaming, DJing, whatever, it's just to not worry so much about putting on a version of yourself is just being an authentic version of yourself because you know you may think well who's gonna watch who's gonna like me there is someone out there for you there is always viewership for every individual personality so it's you know anyone can be successful if they put the the time and commitment in truth absolutely the truth so what kind of jams are you listening to right now? If we were to, if we were to like sneak into your phone, iPod, if you're doing one of those still, um, or in your car, what, what do you got going on? Oh man, I have just been doing such a deep dive into funk. I'm so in love with it right now that every Sunday I host what we call funk brunch. And it's like 11 a.m. and I just play funk music for an hour and a bit. And I'm talking like old school funk. So you've got the best stuff. Yeah, your James Brown, Earth, Wind & Fire. 
And then there's also some great, great new artists, new age funk stuff. Like I automatically think of like Anderson Pack. So good. No, oh, that is awesome. That's something I haven't funk is something I haven't really um dived into yet. That's a good one. A little overrated right now. What's 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 uh what do you what do you think? <laughs> That's a, oh, that might be a hard one. Maybe we might have to edit that part out. <laughs> overrated. My gosh. You know, there's so 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 much new music coming out right now that I find significantly overrated. And I think it's because stuff like radio stations and big apps like TikTok that use sound bites, they cram songs down your throat. And if you hear it a hundred times a day, it's gonna become an earworm and it's gonna grow on you. And I think a lot of people end up liking quote unquote songs like that because they just hear it so much. So, you know, it's like the new Justin Bieber. Honestly, I have heard way better out of him and way better out of that genre. And it's like, why, why is this hitting top on the charts? Right. But personal opinion, right. Grimes. I'm a big Grimes fan. And I can't believe every time I mention Grimes, people are like, Oh, well, like uh, Walking Dead. It's like, no, no, Grimes, oh. like Elon's, Elon's wife. Yes. Or, or, yeah. Which I was into, like, I was into Grimes like way before I even think they even knew each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Grimes has been flying under the radar for a long time. But always There's been a excellent. lot of good artists. Yes, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like Billie Eilish blew up mainly in the last couple of years but she had a whole other album prior that was actually so fantastic and you know she just hit big once that latest album dropped and it's really fascinating to see like how long artists Lizzo you know she I was listening to Lizzo back in like 2017 2016 maybe and then songs that were coming all of a sudden into the top 40 that were so old of hers. It was yeah. fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's, to, it's totally fascinating when that happens because, yeah, like you, like you mentioned with sorry, Billie Eilish, too. I was like, I was like, I, yeah, I'm digging a lot of this person's music and I hadn't looked into her too much. And then it comes out and it was like, at that time, I think it was like, she was like 16 or 17. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy yeah you know the power of artists now having control of their own production and distribution whereas before you're really at the mercy of a record label they're only going to take on who they want they're only going to produce and release who they want at the time and so there are a lot of very talented people out there that really don't get to see, you know, the limelight at all just based on record label gatekeeping and now we have these artists putting out their music of their own free will across all of these platforms online and they're getting their own response and their own followers and bypassing that whole record label thing yeah like that uh there's like the tom mcdonald is one too right yeah like he's he's killing him and his girlfriend right that nova rockefeller i think i think that's that's the one but yeah like i mean love him hate him whatever i mean he's controversial but the thing that's really cool is yeah he does all his own stuff they do their own photography and video work and it's it's all like well above board and i mean highly highly producing just like what people have available to them Grams is another one too she did a whole album of videos with her iphone this is amazing yeah. And these artists are putting out like high quality production with 
like no budget, not never mind minimal budget, like no budget. They don't have the money. They don't have the crew and they're putting out great shit. And it's so impressive to see because not only do these people have to come up with great music or great lyrics or produce a great sound, but now they're having to become video producers, graphic artists, everything it wants to package themselves. And it's, it's amazing. And most of them are self-taught. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge art form, and it, and it comes down to, and I've been fighting for this for a while and telling people, like, you know, like, when it came down to the downloading of music and stuff like that, um, we are all guilty of it, I think, or we all know somebody that is guilty of it. <laughs> but I think it's important to, like, especially now that the artists are fully in control, like, really support them, like, get out there, and they're, like, designing their own, like, cover art, and that's I think that is all super cool. Absolutely. There's really no excuse nowadays for bootlegging. I think that back in the day when you were a kid and, you know, you couldn't afford the $25 CD or whatever. And now with various subscriptions, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, all these platforms are going to charge you like a few dollars a month and you have unlimited access. And these artists are supported. So, you know, I think that nowadays, especially, there's really no reason to still be pirating and yeah, no, no, exactly. Like you said Spotify, uh, YouTube, you know, YouTube, even, you know, you can catch it and catch their stuff there. Okay. So if I wanted to check out some of your shows, when are you on Twitch and how do I, how do I even get on the Twitch and, 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 and check out? Well, honestly, Twitch, I find because it was designed for gaming specifically, it can be a bit of a learning curve for a lot of people. It isn't always the most user-friendly, I will say, but if you just go to twitch.tv backslash DJ foreplay, all one word, it will take you to whether it be the mobile browser, but I highly recommend downloading the app because the app is free. And once you download it, you can bring up your favorite DJ, gamer, musician, whomever's page, you hit follow, which I strongly suggest in order to support someone, it's really important to click that follow button because Twitch users rely on follows and hours streamed and all of these statistics in order to help build their brand. So it costs nothing to download the Twitch app. And you can make a username. And then once you have the app and your own username, you can participate in all of the chats and all of the cool stuff that goes on on people's channels. So me personally, I stream every Sunday at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. <laughs> and <laughs> every Wednesday at 8 p.m. And then I always update my schedule, both on my Twitch channel, but also on my Instagram. So what's your Instagram handle? Well, my Instagram handle, I wish it was a little more straightforward because as you know, multiple people always want the same username, but mine is underscore DJ underscore foreplay. F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to get all this information from you. I'm going to put it in the show notes and uh, all over social media when, when you send this episode out. And until next time, <laughs> DJ Foreplay, <laughs> stay epic. Thanks again for listening to Epic Phelan. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe. Give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. 
follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RealRyanPhelan. And visit my website at thecalgaryrealestateguy.com. Until next time, stay epic.